Hi there, and welcome to episode 25 of the ADHD Adults Podcast. I'm James Brown, co-founder of ADHD Adult UK, and as usual, I'm joined by... This is going to be difficult, actually. This is going to make sense in a few minutes. I'm joined by my good friend, the lovely and very intelligent Dr. Alex Connor. Hi, Alex. Cowabunga, dude. That's fine. That's fine. That doesn't ruin everything. That's fine. <clears throat> how, how are you, Alex? Oh, very well. Thank you, James. Good to see you. I'm very, very happy. We're still going up with numbers. I cannot comprehend it. I've been sent a letter from a Robert from Kidderminster, James. Good, good. Um, before we, we go into that, um, I'd yeah. like to say that um, um, I'd like to say hello to our listener in Moldova. Believe it or not, Alex, we have one. Um, I was looking through our stats the other day. So hello to our listener in Moldova. I never thought I'd say Hello in Moldova. Words. Yeah. Anyway, I like that. Um, Let's get back so to... I've been sent, I've mm. been sent a letter, James, from uh, Robert from Kidderminster. It says, it says, I'm proud of you, son. Oh, <sighs> I'm not. I'm going to read a real e- email because that was obviously a lie. I'm going to read an e- email from a listener who we won't name. Hi, guys, loving the podcast. Learning about my ADHD really helps me to understand myself and why I felt so useless for so long. I'd prefer if you weren't so mean to each other. I'm sure you're both lovely. So we decided. Actually, would, you you decided, Alex, if we're going to be. Specific. We decided that we're going to be nice to each other and give it a go for one episode. One episode where Dr. James Brown has to say nice things about me. So, James, over to you, James. This is um, This is going to be the most difficult challenge I've ever faced in my life, professional or otherwise. But I I promise I'll try, Alex. That's all I can do. So, as usual, um, this lovely, happy, well-produced and professional podcast is a tragedy in three parts. We choose a theme. In the last episode, we talked about the, the, the question, is ADHD real? And about the stigma and misinformation about ADHD. And in this episode, we're talking about the link between ADHD and mood disorders. Right now, my mood is happy, full of flowers, and definitely not dominated by anything negative about my colleague, friend, and, and better, and better, it says in the script, Dr. Alex Connor. <laughs> God, this is hard already. I'm struggling already, mate. Um, no, the, three parts, the three parts uh, include some evidence-based psychoeducation, which the lovely and not at all spherical-headed Dr. Alex Connor will deliver. Normal-headed Alex Connor will deliver some personal reflections on ADHD and mood disorders. And as usual, it's something that is an issue for me, so there'll be a lot for me in that section. And we'll give you some tips is probably an inappropriate word but we'll talk about things that might help you if this is an issue so <clears throat> alex the lovely psychoeducation monkey yeah tell us in your dulcet soft velvety voice about adhd and mood disorders i'm loving this one <laughs> right The reason we're talking about this is there is a lot of overlap between ADHD and mood disorders. The most common type of mood disorders are major depression, dysthymia, which means long-term and low mood, and bipolar disorder, which you may have heard referred to back in the day as manic depression. 
can I just say that's a brilliant start, Alex? Um, very well that, delivered, pr- professional. That felt, that's no, no, sarcasm. That's insincere, I, James. Remember I, the rules. I I was honestly just reflecting on how well you delivered that, and I'd like to repeat: well done, Al. Mm-hmm. Right. It's important to note that for some people, depression and ADHD coexist, two separate disorders. But for others, depression is a direct result of the ADHD with low self-esteem, poor self-image, caused by ongoing feelings of being overwhelmed by life. And that is due to the ADHD symptoms. Very hard to know the difference. I know you love your stats, James. So looking at some statistics, this is from one massive American study, but it's quite a big one and there are other things, but it's broadly accurate. We think from our little readings, which is to have a coexisting condition of any old mood disorder is about 11% for adults without ADHD. When you've got ADHD as an adult, that goes up to a whopping 38.3%. So if you're talking about major depressive disorder without ADHD, about 8%, nearly 19% for a slot. The dysthymia, which is that mild chronic depression, is, is just under 2% of the, uh, in, in brackets, normal population, the non-ADHD population, 2%, going up to just above 12, that's six times for adults with ADHD. And bipolar disorder goes from three and a bit percent up past 19%. These are huge increases. They are. Um <clears throat> bipolar is of, of interest to me. I'm actually waiting for a diagnosis of, of bipolar. Actually, before I got my diagnosis of ADHD, and we chatted about this in the past, both personally and on the podcast, um, about how both kind of came together at the same time and I realized there were issues that needed to be sorted. Um, but the reason bipolar interests me is it's difficult to get a diagnosis of bipolar disorder, especially if you already have a diagnosis of ADHD. And that's largely because ADHD um, is often associated with what we call rapidly cycling moods or a little bit of mood instability. And it's also important to clarify, I think the bipolar disorder is kind of a catch-all name for a collection of mood disorders. Bipolar 1, which, you know, when we were growing up, um, which wasn't long ago because you're very young, Alex, obviously, (laughs) Um, was often called uh, manic depression. Um, and that is, you know, classically the more se- severe form of the disorder. But there is also bipolar 2, which is slightly less severe, which is associated with hypomania as opposed to mania or manic episodes. And then cyclothymia, which is really rapidly cycling um, moods. And they all fall under this um, umbrella of, of bipolar disorder. That's all very true, James. And thank you for interrupting me without insulting me. I, I think I think I could get used to this. Should we do it every week? Mm. <laughs> right. Okay. So I know we're talking about some serious things here. So we're trying. We're you know we're trying to. The issue we have is that lots of the depressive and manic symptoms, even of bipolar disorder, either of them, it looks like ADHD. These resemble ADHD symptoms, and sometimes it's hard to tell the difference for anyone. You know, this isn't a problem with the medical profession. It's a problem with humans and psychology so it, it does mean that it's sometimes hard to get a bipolar diagnosis hmm. in the uk for example the average bipolar patient regardless of whether they're adhd or not takes about 10 years nearly to get diagnosed and they're misdiagnosed on average three and a half times you, you know been, uh, oh no sorry 
I'm going to stop what myself. were you going to say? What were um, you going to say? I've been what? Nothing. <laughs> okay, the reason we're talking about this, James, positive James, is that it's very clear and massive klaxon warning. James, James, are you happy with how I pronounce klaxon? Um, klaxon. I don't. I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I'll. So the klaxon trigger warning is because we need to discuss how serious this is. Aruga, James. Come on, you're you're pushing. You're in a in a very delightful way pushing my buttons now, Alex. Oh, yeah. But thank we you, thank you, thank you for doing that. I I appreciate you. The cla- the actual klaxon. So the reason we're talking about it and the reason for the klaxon is that undiagnosed and or untreated bipolar disorder this can this can be deadly one in five people with that condition will commit suicide studies show that around one in two will attempt suicide the rate is around that sorry the rate of that is around 15 times higher than the suicide rate in general and we have to talk about it the other mood disorder we've talked about, major depression, dysthymia. I wanted to call it dysthymia because I know that would annoy you. Dysthymia, can you, they, these are just as debilitating. Episodes of major depressive disorder, when it occurs with ADHD, last longer and they're more likely to result in suicidal behaviours, more likely to result in hospitalizations, more likely to convert from unipolar to a, to a bipolar mood disorders. Oh, God, I'm really sorry. But this is something we need to talk about. And and that's why we're talking about this today. <clears throat> it, it is. I, I do feel there is an element of goading in that last paragraph, though. Where you're, you've got to be nice to me as well, Alex. I know this is f- great fun for you, isn't it? But <laughs> it don't was goading, that's true. This, this podcast will end. I'll let you know at some yeah, point. It will, yeah. Um, yeah. No, but th- thanks for that. It's, it's important to me. And I think it's important to a lot of our listeners. Um, we'll talk a little bit about support later, um, but for now I need to go into a break largely because this is the longest I've ever been nice to Alex. And mm-hmm. if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see how physically difficult it's been for me. And Alex has got a massive picture of me behind him. That's my background. <laughs> it's one from my personal stash this day. <laughs> Which is, he's been looking forward to this now for a while. So we will see you in part two. Hello and welcome back to episode 25 of the ADHD Adult UK podcast where we are talking about the coexisting conditions of mood disorders with adult ADHD. As always, the second bit of our podcast, we're talking about personal reflections of the theme or of the topic. Uh, It's a bit serious, a bit uncomfortable, but uh, the good thing is that James and I are being nice to each other for this difficult and only this episode. So James, personal reflections. Thank you um, for that introduction, Alex. Yeah, um, I've had. um, Thank you for making me welcome. I've had um, (laughs) years and years and years of mood disorders. Um, Well before I knew I had ADHD, I knew I had what I thought was depression in my early twenties. I was on antidepressants, on four or five different antidepressants, being on antidepressants on and off during periods of life, and the way in which I described it and i think i said i've said this to you before i may have said it on the podcast the odd thing was i i didn't know much about bipolar and i just assumed that sometimes i got depressed 
and you know very depressed not not kind of the the dysthymic chronic low mood you know feeling negative about life but full-on i hate myself and i don't want to be here depressed but the interesting thing was for years i i knew that actually the reality was that the way i'd describe it is there was a thin membrane between me being absolutely normal and functional as functional as i guess Hmm. and being in utter despair and you know i don't want to be here anymore i am you know people will be better off without me and then really quickly i would go back to just being normal and for years i just thought well that's obviously my form of depression is i have these periods of a couple of weeks um sometimes more sometimes less where my mood is you know seriously low and i have very dark thoughts um but I didn't really know anything about bipolar. Now, around the time that I first spoke to you about um, the fact that I was in a mental health crisis and, and you said, listen, you've got to get your ADHD diagnosis, I started watching the television program Brassic. I don't know if you've seen it because um, whilst you have a wonderful taste in things, Alex, yeah. um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if popular television is within your um, kind of sphere of culture. Um, but, but try it because you, you know, you've got great taste. No, I haven't. And I'm, I haven't, sure, and I'm sure you have. Brassic, um, which was written by and stars Joe Gilgan, one of my favorite actors, um, the lead character has bipolar. And it was a genuine light bulb moment that I, I saw how this character was portrayed. And I thought, hang on a minute, what is bipolar? And I looked it up and it ev- everything made sense. Almost, I think almost we more get than- a lot of. Sorry, James. We get a lot of feedback, don't we, from people listening to this podcast that the yeah. same things happened to them about ADHD. Yeah. Was it like that? Those it, was, it was. It was. It was more so than ADHD because right. I my ADHD symptoms had only really been a problem for about a year through lockdown, but my symptoms of possible bipolar had been a problem for thirty years. How old am I? Twenty-five years, maybe, and all of a sudden it made sense. <laughs> You're very young. I'm so young. It made sense that that I that I wasn't always depressed and and didn't need antidepressants, but I had these short periods, <clears throat> which I often couldn't predict or often wasn't a trigger. It would just happen that all of a sudden the slightest bit of pressure, like that, and I would break through that membrane and be, and be desolate. What I hadn't noticed because they're more subtle than than you might think is I also was having hypomanic episodes. That would include that would include risky behaviors of a number of different um, incriminating types so i'm not going james to sorry this isn't being critical because i'm not allowed to but are you suggesting yes. you think your hypermanic episodes are, are subtle well they're they are they're not subtle to you but i think when you grow when you grow up watching <laughs> film and television portrayals of what oh, was see. called manic depression and is now called bipolar when people have psychotic breaks and get institutionalized for six months because of a manic episode hypomania is more subtle than that but now when i when i when i so immediately i started keeping a mood diary and started recording my mood every day on a scale of naught to ten not being obviously the world's ended and ten being you know i am full-on um in in mania and over a period of even the first couple of months, it was obvious that there was a pattern of mood instability where I could have two weeks of very low mood, which would culminate in um, trigger warning, in suicidal ideation. But then three weeks later, I'd have four days where I wouldn't sleep. I would, again, he says, try not to incriminate himself, engage in 
um, risky activity of a number of different types and have so much it's really hard to describe have so much energy that i could i could put my fist through a wall not in an aggressive way but i just i couldn't get rid of that energy and i can remember in one of these bouts of hypomania lying on the sofa and thrashing my legs kicking my legs as hard as i could so they were going you know two or three feet in the air for 20 minutes just trying to get rid of this urge to do something this need to to get rid of all this incredible energy and and it was only really then that i started to look back at periods of my life and think this isn't the first time this has happened this has been happening for a long time so that's when i i sought a diagnosis at the same time as adhd now because i went private for my adhd diagnosis but went through the nhs for bipolar even though it followed a period of suicidal ideation so it was uh, a quick referral because it went through the the crisis team um it was a really frustrating experience. I got to speak to a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist put me on a drug called quetiapine, which is commonly used to treat bipolar, but on a dose that was so low, it was sub-therapeutic. And then just left me. So didn't tell me I had bipolar or not, but gave me a drug that's used to treat bipolar at a dose that isn't effective for bipolar. So I took it for, you'll remember this, I took it for a month and obviously didn't do anything. And then... I took it for another month and then thought, oh, hang on, what's going on? Phoned up my GP and said, can I change the dose? And he said, no, we can't, we can't touch it. The psychiatrist has got to. And I said, well, what's happening next? Am I, am I seeing the psychiatrist? Am I bipolar? Yeah. And he said, well, I'll, I'll write them a letter. Now, by this point, I've got my ADHD diagnosis. And the doctor, as they do, wrote to the psychiatrist or the psychiatric team saying, I'm writing on behalf of this gentleman who has recently been diagnosed with ADHD. And immediately I was discharged from the psychiatrist who said, oh, he's just got ADHD then. And that was that. It was over. There was did no they consultation. Word, did they use Sorry? the word gentleman? Uh, yes, they did. I, I uh, wish I would fully agree with and support. Thank, the thank you for that. that. That caveat's yeah. got you out of trouble there. Yeah, uh, hasn't yeah, yeah, so yeah. Well, well done. Congratulations for adding it, Alex. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, that was it. They did. There was no consultation. There was no meeting. It was just you are discharged. Don't bother taking the tablets. Well, off the anymore. books, right? Yeah, off the books, exactly. Now, when I when I was diagnosed with ADHD, I told my ADHD psychiatrist about this, and he said, uh, understandably, because he didn't have any evidence. Well, you know, it's probably just your ADHD. But when I had my discharge appointment, I said, I'm going to send you my mood diary, and I sent it through. And in my discharge letter, it said that this this gentleman. Um, also needs to be assessed for bipolar. And I think it was clear from that that he felt um, that 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 needed to happen. So I've now got an assessment. It's actually in the next two weeks um, after I had a mental health crisis two months ago. And that led to me really thinking, I've got to get this sorted. I can't, I'm I'm getting closer and closer to doing something final. And that scared me a bit. So I thought I've got to, I've got to press for this. And I've had now two assessments with psychiatric nurses and now it's finally got to the point where a psychiatrist is going to meet with me and I'm going to show them my mood diary. And I genuinely hope that I get my diagnosis. This shouldn't have happened. And believe me, it happens to, to many other people. I've got personal experience of some of the first people I spoke to when we set this group up. Um, who are exactly like me, and we've talked about about this. It shouldn't happen. And actually, Alex, actually swearing's a lie because it's not swearing at you. I'm I'm fucking angry that I've had to go through this. I'm angry that other people have to go through this. 
that that because of this inflexibility and and I and I get it it's difficult you know because there is crossover but it's just so diminishing and dangerous to say to someone no that's just your ADHD and for me it's been um 18 months in which I have come closer to um like I say doing something final than I ever want to again and that maybe could have been stopped if I'd been diagnosed earlier. This is a cheery, cheery podcast, isn't it? It is. Um, I tell you what, James, it's, it's diminishing and dangerous for you. It's diminishing and dangerous to underfund our yeah. NHS as well, isn't it? And, and you know, sometimes we're critical of medical health, but not in this case. It's because yeah. they've been defunded by yeah. stealth, and it's yeah. really, really pissing us off. It is. I mean, if, any, if anyone out there has been exposed to child and adolescent mental health services or has children that has they will just tell you how bad the situation is yeah even even in crisis you often don't get up and again we are not criticizing the nhs we're no they'll tell the you the clinicians will tell us yeah we're criticizing the people that, that have defunded it that's there's i could go on for ages um but i don't think you could carry on being nice to me because you get bored so i will stop there alex and ask you what about your personal reflections on kind of adhd and mood it's shorter really James thanks though um yes it's hard to follow that mine as you know um my mood is is wild I work hard on peaceful wildness James James peaceful wildness yeah are you um I'm at the I'm at the the limit I'm at the limit I'm at the limit I will accept that Alex peaceful wildness yeah that sounds interesting (laughs) <laughs> yeah so so I, I i did i did think i was bipolar it's never been diagnosed i suspect it probably isn't many of us get diagnosed with stuff before adhd and i i've had a few uh I, i've been i was called a manic depressive as a kid and as a young man um i i have i've been on antidepressants and lithium as well that was horrible I think my ADHD manifests as wild and rapid cycling of moods, which is that phrase we use, um, because I respond inappropriately to stimuli, to external stimuli. I respond um, at my emotions are, are inappropriate often. My reactions are inappropriate. That is, in fact, ADHD. Mm. It's many of us. L- Lisa, which, who is my long-suffering wife, she has to tell me about every month or two that, no, I'm, I have cycles and I'm not worthless. James, James, I'm, are you allowing that? <laughs> I, um, I'm, <laughs> and I'm, she can... I'm, I'm struggling, Al, to be honest. So I'm just going to stay quiet for a bit, but I'm, I'm enthralled. I am listening. So she says, she's, she says, you, you just, you know, in a, in one of these cycles, you go and you'll be bouncing around like Tigger in a few days. And I always say vigorously, you're wrong. This is, I'll be like this forever. And then, you know, two days later, I'm bouncing around. You've been away on a trip with me, James, haven't you? It turns yeah. out the, the, the way people see me as calm doesn't last very long when you know me. What I would say is that when when James and I discuss these things, our peaks and troughs of mood, which we both have quite quite wildly, I think yours, James, are, are much deeper and higher than are mine. And I don't get the despair as you describe it. I, I I just don't. I just feel not a real human. It's not. It's not despair. And I think I think medically that we might be trying to make diagnostic terms for things that actually exist together and on a scale. I just think that yours needs treating and mine doesn't. We've talked about this before. I'm not. I'm not telling James something he doesn't know. Yeah. So th- yeah, that that's it. I think my 
I have the same things, but it's it's more likely to be ADHD, but it's the same blooming cycles. And and that's where I do have sympathy for clinicians that have to make these diagnoses yeah. because we're talking about subjective things. You're asked questions about mood and they have to fit a specific criteria. So for example, you know, for um for dysthymia, it has to be low mood that isn't all the time. It has to be less than a full year, for example. You know, for bipolar disorder, you have to have at least one hypermanic episode in a 12-month period and a number of periods of low mood that last a certain amount of time. And, you know, people often don't recollect exactly when and where they've had these these moods. And when it crosses over so much with ADHD, I, I do have sympathy. But thank you for sharing that, Alex. And that's a genuine, that's a genuine <laughs> thank you. There was nothing sarcastic about that. We've just got time now in part two for Alex's favorite game. It's a game that Alex loves. Tell us how much you love this game, Alex. I mean, I love it. Is it Kaplunk? Because I do love it's, that. It's not Kaplunk. It's another game of what James lost, mislaid, or forgotten oh, last oh, week. Good, so, eh? so, so tell hey. us a little bit about your enjoyment for that, Al. I like it. God, then and I, that was dripping with. Um, <laughs> fakeness anyway it's a Go phone related game alex do you remember the rules yes no there'll be th there'll be three things i will mention uh two of them will be uh, false or incorrect and one of them will be something that i actually have lost mislaid or forgotten this week and it's all phone related so option one is did i lose my phone look for it for 25 minutes when it was in my pocket all along option two is have i lost the phone that has our whatsapp account on it for the um for the charity and question three is did i forget to set up the direct debit for my new phone and miss a payment right so the difficulty is that my new strategy james requires me to choose two where i can be horrible to you. you've already planned mm. for this haven't you is this why mm. we're doing this is that why <laughs> this is the whole thing a yes, that, that email was from me what Obviously, a brilliant idea was... well done <laughs> right so by definition, I have to choose two things to say nicely about you. Yep. So I think that you are very committed to our charity, so you wouldn't lose the WhatsApp phone. It's a fair comment. I, I think that you favour very nice dresses, so you don't have fuckets, and therefore it's forgot to set up direct debit. Oh, I'm very disappointed to say that you're wrong, Alex. <laughs> you, yes, yes. I have indeed fine. lost the phone that has the charity WhatsApp account oh, on it. No. So if anybody has been WhatsApping us, the reason we haven't responded is because I don't know where the phone is. <laughs> it's in your house, isn't it, for sure? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's in this office. It's in this room, Alex. But as you saw from the picture I sent you earlier, it's not easy to find things in this room. No, it's not, no. So your score remains at, what was it? Eight. Eight or nine, nine, I think, which is a huge score, isn't it, James? I, I, I'm sorry, just to clarify, was it nine or have you just added? Because yeah, I got two in a row through new strategy, didn't I? We'll call. Uh, you know what? We're being nice to each other. We'll call yeah. it nine. I'll give. I'll give nine. you nine, whether it whether it is nine. So so bad luck, Al, this week. Bad luck, mate. Mm -hmm. I really feel for you. Good um, game. Brilliant. That takes us into the break, and we'll be back for the final part of this torturous episode of being nice to each other. Yeah. That is the ADHD Adults Podcast. See you in a bit. Welcome back. In part three, we talk about, very loosely, top tips. Um, and um, 
Alex very politely during the break offered me the opportunity to go first. Thank you, Alex. So I, so I will go You're first. On. So if you if you think you have a mood disorder, if you've got issues with low mood, there's there's first of all your feelings are valid, and what I would say is that it's incredibly important that you don't hide those feelings, swallow those feelings down, try and ignore those feelings because it you know th- that can lead you to a bad place. So try and make sure that you have um, a support network. Now that network can be one person. You know, if you've got one person that is aware of your mood disorder or your possible mood disorder or your bouts of depression or low mood or your rapidly cycling moods, then use them as, as a as a support network. Talk to them. Tell them you're in a good place or a bad place. And believe me, if that person cares about you and loves you, as I do for Alex, then they will support you when you have issues that need help. And I know that this is hard and so much of this is ableist and I apologize for this in advance, but chase diagnosis and treatment because you deserve it. Don't be fobbed off or don't be diminished by any healthcare professional that puts some kind of barrier in place. And we listen, the reality of this is we're dealing with a healthcare system that's completely fucked and underfunded and post COVID is, is struggling to, maintain some of its basic functionality and mental health services have been systematically defunded over the past 20 years anyway. So I, I completely understand that this advice is, is ableist and I apologize for that. But, so, but sometimes you, you, you have to push on and you have to ask and you have to keep pressing. Um, but you do deserve help. There are lots of online resources that are available. So there are lots of charities like Mind and Rethink that have great resources for you and for your family members and people that support you. So make sure that you use those. You you may have triggers for low mood. For me, um, I generally have a couple, um, which I'm not going to say because they're personal. But if you know you've got triggers, which you know you can have a bout of low mood or can worsen your mood, try and prepare for or avoid those triggers as best as possible it's the same for hypomanic episodes if you're bipolar if you know that something generally tends to get you into that zone and believe me it's seductive hypomania because for the first day you feel fucking brilliant you feel like you're superman and then all of a sudden it's out of control um but make sure you can prepare as best you can for periods this is a really difficult thing to say but it's advice that i've been given by, by my psychiatric nurse if you do have periods of seriously low mood keep a picture of a loved one in your purse or your wallet and look at it and look at it again and remember that this will pass reach out if things get bad even if it's reaching out to us there believe me there are better people than us but 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 reach out yeah Uh, this sounds sarcastic, James, within the constraints, James, but I'll just echo everything you said. I'm not going to repeat it. It doesn't need repeating. I'd say talk, especially if it's getting too much, and this too shall pass is simply excellent advice from my friend and colleague. <laughs> um, if you've got ADHD but you feel there's more to it, do trust yourself in that. It's worth exploring. It's very common and arguably more likely than some pure ADHD form that probably doesn't really exist. I think the practical tip is is get get a buddy, get someone to help you. Do not be fobbed off because it's it's harder. So yeah. if you're on the phone and they say something, you can say, "I'm going to go away, digest, and come back if you can," because or or have someone there writing notes for you of, of whether they feel it's appropriate. And I would also add vote. Yeah, 
Absolutely. <laughs> Without wishing to get too political. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to when politicians say how much money is going into the NHS and how much of that is real. You know, the 40 new hospitals, for example, which aren't new hospitals, is a great example of of of, of making people feel like an NHS is being funded when it's not. Right. Thank God. That brings us to the end yes. of episode 25 of the ADHD adults, where we talked about ADHD and mood disorders, where we tried to be nice to each other. And I think we can all agree this will never, ever happen again. No, no. So um, as usual, get in touch with us uh, via the socials at ADHDadult.uk. If you've got anything you want to say, if there's anything you want to share about this episode or other episodes, and we will see you soon. Goodbye. No bad. Twat. <laughs> Bye all.